0: Life support is nominal. The oxygen danger indicator level is yellow. Please remember that this is a non-smoking pirate ship. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to GameIndustry.com's The Gin Lounge. I'm John Breeden, your chief lounge lizard, and your host for this episode of the show. This week, I'm chilling in the lounge with Todd Hargosh, and we're going to be talking about the games that have already come out this year that are making a big splash in 2013. So Todd, welcome to the lounge Glad today. That's to finally be back. I know it's been you've been this long hiatus. Uh but uh, I know you've been I know you've been playing a lot of games and I know we're going to be uh running reviews of stuff. Um you, you know, if you think about 2012, uh, 2012 started off kind of slow. I mean, we sort of and and even you know, previous years started out kind of slow. Like in previous years we sort of had like We'd have, like, Red Dead Redemption or something like that would come out, and it would be kind of cool, but there wasn't really that much. But 2013, we've already got, like, one, two, three, like, what, like five, six AAA titles that have come out, like, in the first couple months of yeah, the year.
1: Yeah, it tends to uh, break the tendency of the norm, I mean, even with the uh, what I call COD-phobia. That seems to be mm-hmm. facing out as much, but not this year. I mean, like you said, there's been a lot of titles. I mean, be it those that I'm – still recovering over from from the holiday that I haven't played or the new stuff that's come out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 pretty interesting. I mean if if the second half of the year comes out as good as the first half of the year. It's gonna be it's gonna be a pretty amazing a pretty amazing year for gaming, I think. Uh, and I don't know, maybe maybe there's another factor involved. Maybe they're all like, hey, we're gonna release, you know, the last games on this generation console <laughs> see, before we before we move to the next one. I don't know. But um I know like uh let's see, just, just off the top of my head, I mean I, I just got finished playing Bioshock Infinite. Overrated. Um I uh my uh, I don't know, I kinda liked it. But um but I could see where you or uh, you might think that. Um um also, uh, my wife is playing uh Ninu Kuni, uh of the White Witch, which is a really cool game. Um and then you've got what, Tomb Raider? Uh the the, the StarCraft Expansion, DLC yep. which is pretty much which is pretty much like its own game. Yeah, gears of war <laughs>
1: judgment.
0: Uh,
1: mm-hmm. oh, what else? You know, it's,
0: oh the Monster. Yeah, the Monster game.
1: Three Ultimate on the Wii U, which I mean that's one I've always wanted to try, because I see a lot of people playing it. I mean, you, I mean, you know my stance on MMOs. I mean, it's pretty
0: much, oh, well, is, it t- is it really I an MMO? Or if you...
1: anything, I'd say it feels more like like Fantasy uh, Star Online.
0: So there are other people in the world yeah, with
1: it. Yeah, but you. I haven't had a chance to try it online with anyone. My friend, admittedly, oh, my Wii U friends list is kind of limited. I think it's like six people on there.
0: Well, I mean, there's not that many people that have a yeah. Wii U. <laughs> yeah,
1: hopefully that changes in the, in the coming months because they need to get new stuff out soon.
0: Well, they need some, new, they need some new games. I mean, it's like I know Javon, um, here at Jin, he got one and he was like, I'm like, hey, well, what games do you got for it? He's like, well, I don't really have any games for it. I just, I just thought the console was cool. Yeah. i mean, <laughs> she's like, he's well, like how
1: like... I am because I'm been playing that and I, I got a copy of Lego City Undercover sent to me via GameFly. Which, I mean, it. I mean, seeing games like that, taking advantage of the uh, Wii U Gamepad is pretty nice. Like, for one, which you're playing, you can use that as a map and as your control panel. In fact, when your character does scanning on it, he pulls out a little Wii U controller.
0: Oh, that's cute. I was going to ask, because, you know, at, at E3, they really pushed the whole, this is the coolest controller ever. And then, but like like the PlayStation 4 and the um well what we think the Xbox uh, 720 will look like neither neither one of them have, have said they're going to add any type of like LCD into the controller so i don't know if that was something they're just like ah we're going to let we're going to let Nintendo do that or if it's something that i mean but it doesn't get incorporated in that many games that well does it uh the games i have played
1: I have taken advantage of it like i said Legacy Undercover does a great job with it, using it as a map. And even one little nice little touch I've done is, if somebody communicates with you on it, it'll actually right. the sound will actually go through the Wii U controller. But if you turn uh. the volume down on the controller, it'll actually switch over to the TV. Which, that's oh, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, Zombie U uh, uses a, uses sort of a map feature, and mm-hmm. Monster Hunter mm-hmm. 3 Ultimate uh, allows you to customize so anything, you can have the information either on the screen or on your controller. I said oh, said the map would be on my controller as well as some uh some hotkeys so I can check or so I can check my status uh change my get on my item pouch.
0: oh, that's kind of cool, so your screen is totally devoted to the game then, and your stats and your health and your map and everything come up on the little mm-hmm. controller oh that's it works nice. out pretty well
1: I mean I just want to get some more time into it and try to fight with others
0: right right, so you can play that offline or online
1: uh, I've been doing way I'm doing it, it's been pretty much offline, so I think it's a combination of both. Hmm. I've, see, okay. I've seen I've right. well, seen videos yeah. of um, people who imported the Japanese PS uh, PSP version and playing mm-hmm. it on there and on the PS3. This is the right. first time I've played and played it, and, of course, being domestic. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to get more of the aspects into it. I mean, but it looks like it's a very high ambitious title. I mean, like I said, very popular. Some well, One of uh, I've heard of a Japanese comedian who spent over 300 hours playing.
0: 300 I hours? Hit... I mean, that's that's what I call a weekend, oh. man. <laughs> well, for something like I was Skyrim, say for 300 300 hours, I just I guess. hit the
1: 90 hour mark.
0: Oh, did you? Oh, congratulations! You.
1: And that's mostly was <laughs> mostly the new 1.9 patch that came out.
0: Yeah, getting rid of that, pretty much eliminating the level cap. That's kind of a cool and idea. It's really so. boosting my
1: levels quickly because uh, in the three or four hours I played, my both my one-handed and um, heavy armor skills went from 15 legendary to 40 legendary. So they skyrocketed <laughs> pretty quickly and also allowed me to level up quickly. But I have noticed yeah. something on that. If you level up, with, after, if you have a low rating, it doesn't contribute as much towards your level as it does when it's a high number.
0: Oh, yeah, okay. But
1: it has leveled up pretty quickly. I went up two levels in a couple hours. It usually takes well, a lot longer cool. than that.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, well, let's see, uh, let me, let me kick in one that, uh, that I've been playing that I didn't think I would like. I actually got it for my wife, um, and that is, uh, Nino Kuni, uh, Wrath of the White Witch. Um, I still don't know why it's called Nino Kuni. I mean, I just call it Wrath of the White Witch. But, um, that game, uh, I got that because, uh, like I say, I, I thought my wife would enjoy playing it. It's, um, it is offline, so it's not an, it's not an online game, but it kind of feels like an MMO a little bit. I guess, Um, but you know, it's got the it's got the standard you know Final Fantasy type of thing where you've got monsters running around on the main map, and you um you know when you run into them it goes into a uh like a massive battle type thing and I I don't know it's uh what's good about it is what level five did is the developers what they did which was really cool was they made it really accessible to other players like my my wife she is. I won't say she's afraid to play video games, but, like, she, like, I'm like, hey, do you want to play, you know, the White Witch game tonight? And she's like, yeah, but you have to sit here with me. So, because she's afraid something will happen video game-wise that she won't know what to do or she'll get lost or something like that. So, so I end up sitting there pretty much, like, not playing. I mean, I, I don't know. Do you play any games with your girlfriend? or you pretty, Is that pretty much your hobby? Uh, it's pretty much
1: my hobby, but she does play, I mean, she loves rock Band.
0: She absolutely. Okay, in fact, okay. whenever
1: I go see her and talk, talk about Rocky, she's like Xbox, 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 <laughs> and um, she also is a big WWE fan, so she loves playing WWE 13.
0: Oh, cool! Yeah, that one, that one, that one came out. That came out. I mean, that technically isn't part of our show because it came out in 2012, but it is the 13 version yeah. of the game. And so, apparently, the series I mean,
1: will continue because my wishes come true. It has been picked up by 2K.
0: Yeah, I mean that was the natural progression. Yeah. I mean that that was – I mean they didn't even – when when, when uh, THQ exploded, it wasn't really even talked about. Yeah, well, as I so was, it was
1: either going to be them or EA, and thankfully it was not EA who picked up.
0: <laughs> I see EA <laughs> they won, won that the, contest. So
1: <laughs> the second year in a row, they won the worst, consumed, worst, worst coming in America poll. But against Bank of what, America, what? they had a 78% victory margin.
0: <laughs> and you know, Bank of America ain't exactly known for its customer no, service.
1: Like the, all four of them are correctly were um was um EA, Bank of America, Comcast, and Ticketmaster.
0: Oh gosh, gosh. Yeah, I've I've had I've had issues with all of those companies. <laughs> I think <laughs> so. Uh, actually, of all those companies, EA is the one that I have the best relationship <laughs> with. But that's because but you I had me
1: talk to so, them. In fact, I don't know if I want to say this on the air. This can probably be edited out. Of the doubt. I had talks with a member of EA as well because of my issues. And oh, thankfully, yeah. I mean, the guy was real nice to me about it. he understood. And, I mean, the fake PS3 exclusives, I've seen them pretty much disappear. I mm-hmm. uh, only wish I could see that from companies like Ubisoft.
0: Right, right. Well, I know that's a big issue for you. I personally don't see that as much of an issue, but I well, understand Well, the reason that. I'm
1: saying this is because, I mean, I mean, I know we have, we're have smart. We we know, but what if you have a parent or a grandparent buying a game for a kid, and they only have an Xbox, right. and they look at the ad, and they think it's only out on PS3?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, well, that's stupid for the company because then the woman Grammy, Granny, might not go to the store to pick the right. game up because she it's doesn't enough, know.
1: She's going to butcher sales.
0: But if she goes into Target or wherever and says, I'm looking for Metal Gear Revengeance or whatever, then they're going to say, oh, well, here, it's out for these platforms. Yeah, but this, there's know. another
1: one made in that made it look like a PS3 exclusive.
0: I mean, to to me, Todd, it's like it's like the whole thing about you know Coke and Pepsi. You know, you go into a restaurant and you're like, I would like a Pepsi, and they're like, Oh, we don't have Pepsi. And You're like, Oh, okay, well, I'll have a Coke then. <laughs> you well, know, that, I mean? there's a difference yeah, between
1: a Coke, which would probably cost like a dollar forty nine, and a console that would cost at the minimum one ninety nine. What's it gonna no, be I, when I, the I, next I, generation I, uh, consoles come out and they're about five hundred dollars minimum?
0: Yeah, believe me, Todd, at, I ain't look looking Look at the outrage
1: that. that came out when uh, they announced Bandana uh, Two was a Wii U exclusive.
0: Yeah, although I did hear that, uh, I, again, it's all rumor at this point, but I did hear that the Xbox was going to have the $500 console, but then I heard there was going to be like a $300 one if you bought some sort of subscription well, service or probably something.
1: Because like, I know the uh, 360, you can do that for like $99. It's $99 flat out, and you pay for like two months. Sort of like what they do with cell phones.
0: Yeah, yeah, they subsidize the hardware for the thing. All right, well, anyway, back to gaming. Um
1: it has been a long time
0: been on uh, hasn't it yeah, a little while but that's okay well there's there's nobody to interrupt you this week so and you know I'm not one to really interrupt you so you're going to have to control the rants on your own <laughs> um but uh tell me about tomb raider cuz that's the one that you looked at that's one that that had a lot of hype behind it and uh for the most part i think you're you were pretty happy with that very turned happy out. with it I, so, so, so Laura is like a young buck again. She's not, she's not like the amazing mercenary, you know, shooting dinosaurs in the eye and no, stuff. Like for one like, moment
1: she's like hunting a deer, and then after she pulls the arrow and guts it, she's just like, "I'm sorry." But at the very end, <laughs> I mean, like when she's going out on everyone, one, she just—it's almost like she's got hit with a case of roid rage. She's like, "Come at me! Come at me!" Well, maybe she's transforming. She pretty much has. I mean, there were some other parts of the game that were uh, taken way out of context. Like, there was a scene where um, Laura's tied up with someone. Is that
0: the whole rape controversy thing? I prefer not to use the
1: word, but yeah.
0: Okay.
1: It got taken out of context because she just, like, touches her face and she bites his ear off Mike Tyson style.
0: Okay. Yeah, I
1: mean, there's that. She's, like, getting chased around. She literally turns into a rag doll in the game.
0: Oh, you mean her clothes get all shredded up well, and not. stuff?
1: Just wait, she literally gets shredded up. Yeah, wow. the game is brutal.
0: Hmm. And uh, is she pretty much by herself in this the whole time? Uh, or? She
1: has a crew with her. But, I mean, okay. once in a while they help her. Like, one's, one's able to snipe for you. And there's some pretty dramatic parts. Of, like, if there's a guy underneath. Or, like, hanging underneath. And some guys right about ready to attack you. And all of a sudden he gets sniped.
0: Mm-hmm. It's oh, very well, that's cinematic.
1: Cool. I mean... Maybe a little too much QTE for what I uh, what I like to see in a game, but then again, all games are going to QTE route now.
0: Well, what Basically, is that?
1: it's when an icon comes up on the screen, you have to press it.
0: Oh uh, God! Oh, Dragons, like Resident Delir, Evil. Stop controls.
1: Oh yeah.
0: But I mean, oh, I thankfully,
1: see. it doesn't detract from the game. It is really well done. The, I'm so glad that they um, that her main weapon became a bow. I mean, mm-hmm. after playing Far Cry 3, I loved using a bow.
0: Yeah, I played. For, of course, I so loved Far I. Cry 3. I, I was, I was the one that uh, reviewed that. And what a beautiful game. Um, I never got into the bow that much. I was more the big 50 caliber explosive bullet sniper well, rifle. Well, <laughs> once you get
1: fire and explosive arrows, then it gets better.
0: That's true. That's true. I just, I, I sucked at the bow. I was just, I don't know. Um, In, how, how does the bow mechanics work in Tomb Raider? Do you have to, like, hold the key down to, to draw the strength back? Yeah, or? and there's
1: also another bow that allows you to create sort of, like, zip lines. If you hold the right oh. bumper button instead of the right trigger, it'll uh, create a, like I said, a toe line that you can never lose. I mean, it's infinite with that one as opposed to regular flaming arrows.
0: So you can't just tap it and fire you it. You can, but it just doesn't can. have as much strength. Okay. Okay. But, yeah, cool. I mean, oh, eventually
1: cool. um, there is an homage to the current where she does use her double pistols. Spoiler alert. But,
0: <laughs> well, that's not much of a spoiler. Laura Croft uses two pistols? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they kept saying it's like an earlier version of herself. Thankfully, she's not over-sexualized. Um, I mean, the whole the whole back plot, I mean, yeah, they reconved the original saying that she survived a plane crash. I think that's what it was. Because mm-hmm. this one's actually, uh, actually abducted on your boat.
0: Um, and she's like 18 or something I like that. I think 18, 19. Was, but... Right, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was always, uh, uh you yeah, know, it's kind of neat when, I mean, but, but going back into people's backstories or, or and doing stuff like that, that's kind of like, that's kind of like the thing they do in like movies these days a lot. I mean stuff. So that's kind of cool to see it happen in video games. So cool. Well, I heard you mention the word infinite, so I'll bring up Bioshock Infinite. <laughs> so I yeah, I played it. You know, it's funny, Todd, because the night that you sent me the email and said, hey, I just got done playing Bioshock Infinite, it was like 4:30 in the mm-hmm. morning. I, I got done the same night. <laughs> so. I I don't, don't want to release any spoilers. I don't um, either. Even though know. I'm
1: kind of tempted to with one part because I was so mad with it.
0: Uh, well, um, I will uh, let me let me ask you this. Well, let me let me ask you this. How many of those um, voxophones did you pick up during the game?
1: I think it was about forty or so. I, I lost track. Okay, count.
0: Yeah, see, here's the thing. I, uh, I searched, I mean, I searched high and low for everything that I could find. Um, when I cleared a level, cause it really was leveled. There were, like, set piece battles, you know, and once you cleared the level, you could pretty much use the skylines and go around and do anything. Once, once all the enemies that were supposed to attack you in that area were dead, you could pretty much go around and do anything. And I did. And I collected 78 of the 80 voxophones in the game. So, to me, the plot made a lot of sense. In fact, I guessed almost all of it by the end. But I think that was because they told the sto- – the Bioshock Infinite has a pretty amazing story, but a lot of it is told through those voxophones. So your enjoyment of the story really depends on how many of those collections you Yeah, to me, though, the voxophones
1: suffer from what I call Cortana Syndrome. Basically, that means okay. when somebody's talking and they keep mumbling, you can't understand exactly what they're saying.
0: Oh, I did hate that. Like, I, you know, because every time I would, I would stop when I found a Voxophone. I would stop and I wouldn't. I, I, I picked up. I wish it up they would at least subtitle
1: them, them, like they did in the first first uh, first two Bioshock games.
0: Well, what I would do is after I picked one up. Because, uh, again, I was picking most of these up out of combat because I would wait until the combat was done, and then I'd search everywhere. Um, but I'd pick it up. I'd stop. I'd look at Elizabeth, and I'd stand there for about 30 seconds. I'd be like, are you going to say anything, Elizabeth? Okay, you're in mute mode. Good. All right, yeah. and then I'd listen to the Vox. Effect.
1: I swear she was – to me, was a doe-eyed Disney princess wannabe. I'll give her credit, <laughs> though. She was helpful at times.
0: Well, she was invincible, which is yeah, because nice. I was like, oh, God, how-
1: it's an escort mission. She's going to get killed every step.
0: Yeah, how many times have you, in previous games, failed missions because the thing, the person you're escorting gets killed, you know? Yeah, especially so. when
1: she just runs in a line of fire.
0: Yeah, well, it was nice. Nobody targeted her, and even if they did, she was pretty much invincible. The only time anybody ever went after her was when it was scripted, so that was kind of nice that she was... And, and she threw you weapons and stuff, and I kind of cheated a little bit, like like, I, like... Like, if I, I had a gun that was almost out of ammo, when, when we get into combat, I'd switch to it just because I know that she would throw me ammo. I've done that too. (laughs) Yeah, so, so that was kind of cool. She, she was useful. Um, so I, but I mean, the game world is absolutely gorgeous. Um, I mean, I was playing on the PC and I, um, you played on Xbox, right? Yeah, I was playing on the PC and I had the settings initially, I had the settings initially set to, um, i don't know high or ultra or whatever and it looked good but it was running a little a little sluggish so i actually i bumped the settings back down to medium and the game world still looked gorgeous i was actually really impressed so um but i mean just uh, the world is neat um i like how the original ones were under the ocean and this one was way up in in the sky it was totally different and I don't know, I'm afraid of heights, Todd, so the skyline scared the crap out of me. anything with the skyline's
1: more disoriented in me than than scared me. I'm I mean I'm acrophobic as well. But um, right. I mean it's more like where do I go now? I and mean, it's like kept trying kept hitting the up button to get the arrow and sometimes it won't even come up. And then all of a sudden the last thing it says turn around.
0: Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. It is the worst uh,
1: navigation I... in a game since Perfect Dark Zero.
0: But how cool would it be if there was a real roller coaster like that uh, when you were hanging, <laughs> hanging down I would from never want to get on from from... one of those things. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty scary. So, anyway, so everybody's saying, you know, reviewer community, 95, hmm. 90, you know, best game of the year. I, I don't think it was the best game I ever played, but it was really good. And, I mean, it's going to be up for a lot of games. I mean, of year I'm, stuff. I'm not reviewing
1: I mean, it, thank goodness, because, uh, well, I've got a lot of hate mail for what I'm about to say. Like yeah. I said, for one, there were there were no puzzles. The hacking was so uh, dumbed down.
0: Well, there was no hacking. There was just... Exactly. i Just like, ca- just like I mean,
1: oh, possession spell on a vending machine. Whoopee. Yeah. Even yeah. Bioshock 2 did that. They seriously dumbed down the hacking on that.
0: Well, no, Bioshock 2, didn't you have to, like, make the little water flow that through was, the pipes That was only or in something? Bioshock 1. Oh, uh, what it was, was 2 like? It was like flying
1: up a needle to something.
0: Oh, I mean, they okay. seriously
1: dumbed it down. It is nowhere near the level of classic games like the first system, first two system shot games. I
0: mm-hmm. mean, they
1: seriously dumbed that that element down.
0: Yeah, the only negative to to getting the video the the vending machines to spit out uh, coins was it sp- you, you had to spend salts. Yeah. But most of the time, especially if you were full at salts when you did it, and it was the right vending machine, you could just buy salts. From the vending machine, and it, and you know, you you make up your money anyway. So I
1: mean, it to me, it just felt like a go point A to point B, shooter, rinse and repeat. Now, and then once it started oh. to get good, there was a part I was like, "Oh my god, now this is starting to get interesting." I'm really starting to like this, and then it came crashing to a screeching halt, and I was back mm. to. Uh...
0: <laughs> I don't know. I I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed it more than you did. I think, but I think, um. For me, I, I became obsessed with the whole exploration thing. It's like the reason I don't play Assassin's Creed is because, you know, I get obsessed with I have to find every freaking feather and every, you know, every. I'm little, not a completionist.
1: Little, this is, let me get to the next one.
0: Yeah, I'm more of a completionist, but like with, with Bioshock Infinite, if you're not a completionist, you miss out on probably half the story. Mm. <laughs> you know, and I'm not so, say so, you know, that was. <laughs> well anyway, I thought it was good. I think a lot of people think it's good. Um so that and that one definitely came out. Um and then we got one that I wasn't expecting that you're reviewing and that's the new StarCraft. I mean, I it's been forever since since StarCraft 2 came out and now all of a sudden now we have a uh, a DLC which basically adds a new campaign and you get to play the the swarm. So so I know you like mm-hmm. the Terrans. So what's it like playing on the swarm side? Yeah, it took
1: a little getting used to, but now I see why zerg rushes are so popular.
0: Is that and yeah, I, they're they're sort of a rush type thing where they they have a lot of like really cheap um, early units, right? Yeah, basically
1: right? if you have enough uh, what they call overlords, which is the Terran equivalent of supply depots, I mean mm-hmm. you can spawn about up to ten um, zerglings at once. Mm. And I also found a feature that Kerrigan has that she can automatically respawn the respawn, uh, dead Zerglings.
0: Oh. So if you were playing multiplayer, you would spawn, like, a bunch of these little things, Zergs, and then just send them into an enemy base, like, into a Terran base before they could get Pretty set much.
1: up. Pretty much. But then, of course, you also need to get uh, air units because Zerglings are ground-based only. So I probably uh. had a couple Hydralisks as well.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, what about the campaign? Were you, were you, or you, you like the way the story's going? I mean, did it have? Did well, let me just say, did it have? A, does it have a rich story like the original? I admit
1: I've not finished it yet. Okay. But from what I've seen so far, yes, it shows, basically yeah. begins with Kerrigan being imprisoned and being used for right. scientific experience by the Terrans. But she, all she's obsessed with is uh, getting revenge on Arturus Manx, the dictator from the uh, Dominion, who um left her behind to turn her into a, or have her be captured and turn into a Zergling or to turn into the queen of mm. blades. So her mm. main obsession is, her main goal is getting vengeance against him. And the only Karen she trusts is Jim Rayner, but oh. I don't know if I can cause a spoiler alert because it happens earlier in, in the campaign. I mean, I don't know exactly what happens. Okay. Please don't tell me if, if whatever it does, but she sees, she hears a report that Rayner was killed. So her, um, she takes on a whole new meaning, goes through a training procedure to become the Queen of Blades again. Hmm. And the element of uh, Kerrigan this time is that the Heart of the Swim is more role-play based. Because oh, really? The original Starcraft, you end up buying units. Again, mm-hmm. hire mercenaries and buy uh, upgrades to your buildings and troops. This yeah. one, everything's done through Kerrigan. She oh, levels up, and you can uh, okay. be able to decide on two or three different elements to power her up. There is a way to upgrade the um, the uh, units. They uh, go through evolution. Like okay. first you get choice of like three different abilities, like higher, have more firepower or, or heavier armor.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then they go through evolution, where you can um, where you witness on a plan how they evolve by. Collecting essence from another alien race, so they creates oh, a okay. mutant version of that, and you can choose one of the huh. two. Like one I found was an inf- for uh, I think it was Banelings. You can inf- mm-hmm. create what they call Infector Banelings. Basically, if anyone at- if you, uh, you attack anyone, when that character mm-hmm. dies, is by exploding, it turns into two miniature Banelings.
0: Oh, I mean, wow. I, lo- I love the roleplay
1: element. I think it works out great.
0: They they and it's they sounds like they have a pretty powerful mm-hmm. army i know I know a lot of the guys that um I've read stories about like the professional gamers you know how like in like Korea and stuff it's like big to be a to be a starcraft gamer a lot of those guys play with the Zerg army so i'm I'm guessing that that's uh that's because of the early rush tactics that they use very successfully. Yeah. Um, Now, when you did your original review of StarCraft Two, you know, I know one one of, I mean, you know, you gave it a pretty glowing Mm -hmm. review, but one of the things you said was, you know, you kind of wish there was more than just the Terran campaign. So, I mean, are you surprised that it took them this long to start really flushing out the other people, or are you just happy that you had? It's
1: Blizzard. I'm used to them taking a long time. My biggest concern (laughs) was with the development cycle. Wonder if it would run on my computer because Diablo Three really disappointed me. Not just because mm-hmm. the always on DRM, the error thirty seven crap, but the fact mm-hmm. that it ran slow on my system, even at the lowest settings. Mm-hmm. Starcraft two runs great. I was hmm. very impressed.
0: That's, re- that's really cool. And you're playing it. You're playing it on the original hardware that you played the the Starcraft two game yeah. to.
1: Yeah. Oh wow. It runs oh, excellent good. on there.
0: It's always nice when a DLC doesn't require you to go out and buy a new computer. Right. And
1: that's <laughs> that's always been one of the biggest criticisms of why I don't even play PC games much anymore. Because mm-hmm. not everyone can afford a whole new system.
0: Right, right. Well, one thing that... Uh, N- Niels uh, Sateevich, our online editor, he wanted to join us today, and uh, he is wasn't able to, but uh, he wanted me to mention that he... Th- and uh, He wanted me to mention Fire Emblem Awakening, which he's playing on the 3DS, but the Fire Emblem story apparently goes back a ways through other consoles. Todd, have you ever touched... Touched any of the the Fire Emblem no, games I or anything that series? So it's a turn based game basically, and and it sounds it sounds pretty amazing. I mean, one of the things I think is uh, is uh, pretty cool is that um, uh, well, well, okay, there's two things that that seem to be cool about it. One is it's actually a good game for the 3ds because I mean the 3ds has kind of been floundering a little bit with uh, with with decent titles. I mean, you did did you were you one of the people that got a 3ds and then you didn't like it or did you? That no, was get the one? beat I
1: didn't like. Okay, I, I okay. can't so, I
0: can't see 3d. Oh, oh, that's right. You go all yeah. cross-eyed when you try to watch the 3d. Yeah. Well, he he mentions in his review that it's uh, smooth, good 3d action. I mean. So so that's kind of cool but I mean a lot of people are saying that uh that uh, that Fire Emblem you know could be a game of the year just the way that it, that it works it's got a good role playing story and then it also has – um and then it has some really good turn-based combat. I mean – and turn-based combat can be popular, as we XCOM. saw last year with XCOM. Yeah, man. Yeah. That was kind of – it was like, you know, everybody thought, oh, XCOM, it's turn-based. Nobody plays turn-based anymore. It has to be real-time or nobody will touch it. Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> I mean, turn-based hell, it's going to be coming out on an iPad now. Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I – I don't know. You're more of a hardcore gamer than me. I mean, you are Jin's hardcore yeah, gamer. I've played um, off a
1: lot lately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, is it is it because I'm an older guy, maybe? I prefer hard, I, mean, I prefer the turn-based stuff. I so prefer... do I. I mean,
1: I love playing Civ. I, love, I mean, I love, yeah, I love I playing like to... all the 4X games. I like playing something that just keeps me up for one more turn, and XCOM did that to me.
0: Well, I like to be able, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, I, I think of the real time stuff. I mean, you're, you're playing StarCraft, which, which is real time. I mean, but for me, like, I don't know. I prefer the ability to sit back and really co- look at the battlefield mm-hmm. and say, okay, these are my advantages. These are the other guy's advantages. Here is, you know, and come up with some brilliant strategic move that nobody was expecting, you know, to, to, to win the battle. I mean, you can't really do that on turn base because if you, if you sit back and you're like, okay, here are my advantages and here are their advantages. And while you're doing that, you know, 15 Zergs have destroyed your headquarters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I like, I like mm-hmm. turn So it's cool to see turn-based starting to move into other things. Um, as far as me personally, um, in games uh, this year, one that I wanted to bring up was uh, uh, I finally got into the thing that you've been into for a while and that's the HD version of older games, (laughs) so I got into that with the Hitman HD trilogy, and oh, so much fun to go back and play the Hitman missions, and one of the things, I mean, the HD graphics are neat, look, look, I mean, PlayStation 2 graphics are still going to look like PlayStation 2 graphics, even if they're in HD, I mean, it's not like they're suddenly going to be like, you know, beautiful or anything, but what was cool for me was the Hitman games came out talk about long development cycles. The Hitman games in the trilogy came out so many years apart, but yet there were plot elements in like um Blood Money, for instance, that, that um that go into the new one and so forth, or even going back to like you know, Hitman um the uh contracts and stuff, there were there were hints of like hey, this is a little hint about your origin story or whatever. And then in the next game, they would refer back to it. But if the next game comes out like six years later, who the hell's going to remember any of that? Mm. <laughs> so it's kind of nice to have the entire trilogy right there and to play them one after the other. Because now when they refer back to stuff, I'm like, oh, well, I just played that last week, so I definitely remember. So that was what was kind of cool yeah. for me. Um, I can see that. And uh, and then the other one I think I want you to mention is because uh, this is one I didn't know if you'd like or not, but you ended up liking it a lot, and that was Metal Gear Rising. Revengeance. Uh, revenge, mm-hmm. Revengeance. Yes, they made up a yeah. word. <laughs> uh, what was what was different about that from that? I mean, that was totally different than any of the other Metal Gear Rising games, right? Yeah, because right?
1: for one, it sounded more on riding, and we knew this in advance, you know.
0: And you you hated, hated riding. is
1: wrong. I did not like him in MGS two, but in four he was awesome.
0: Okay, because you did a whole like you did a whole rant on one of our shows about how he was a whiny. And, yeah, he was very girl.
1: whiny, very greenhornish, and that Melgar saw it too. I was, I was, I admit I was part of that crowd who did not like him at all in that. But in Melgar Four, he just did a complete 180, and hmm. he's even more sinister in Revengeance.
0: Well, did they did they explain why he went from whiny to tough guy? Well. this...
1: This game supposedly takes place after four, so I'm not sure. I'm, it may be between two and four. I'm not sure, but okay. not for like for one, he got turned into a cybernetic ninja. He um,
0: <laughs> so that'll yeah, do still, it. To you. I mean,
1: he basically it's hardened over the years. It,
0: now, but the, the, this game this didn't involve a lot of sneaking around like a lot of the Metal Gear it, games did. This there were all... sneaking
1: moments that I was able to use, but it, it's more okay more hack and slash action. It's almost like a like a rules. I should say a Rule sixty three bayonetta. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's cool. So, but yeah, you like
1: Yeah, I, I really did.
0: So, I mean, that's kind of cool. And you think that the the metal? You, do you think that that's the direction that Metal Gear is going to go, or do you think that this is uh, that this is just almost like a spin off type series? Yeah, more of a gonna... spinoff.
1: I mean, they've already announced uh, Ground Zeroes and uh, Metal Gear Five: The Phantom Pain, which I'm still still
0: Oh, the whole David thing. Yeah, I you know somebody
1: thing. like calling me out about it. I was like,
0: "Who called uh, you out about it?" Somebody. Oh,
1: it was, some, oh, well, it was say, some guy on Facebook. Who? I'm not gonna go into details about it. I won't give his name.
0: But well, he didn't he, like. No, the he's voice like of, Chris. I was like,
1: Why does everybody go off on that?" I was like, "He's been involved with the series since day one." Well, but Snake's gonna be older. He was old in Metal Gear Four.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I almost, when I read that whole thing, I almost wondered if they were going to make Snake some sort of a mute or something, and they didn't need a voice. They just didn't need a voice actor. They said it's going to be somebody new. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. You know what? I wouldn't want to be the guy who got picked to do the voice. As David
1: said, it made him ill.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's kind of a weird thing. I mean, I mean, where are they gonna get like Colin Farrell or somebody? I mean, what what's the big? Why would they change the voice? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. But but anyway, I guess we'll see. So Todd, um, let me ask you let me ask you a final question, and then know going. So, uh, of the games that have come out so far, um, you know, are any, are any of them potential Game of the Year candidates? Uh, I put
1: Tomb Raider up there.
0: Okay. Well, I right, definitely not. <laughs> Although, guess what? It's yeah. going to be.
1: <laughs> People are brainwashed. In fact, I just noticed that Yati put his review of that up on zero punctuation, so I just was wrong want to be listening to that. He says exactly oh, okay. the same thing I did.
0: Okay, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, but if he loves it, then you know you might be the odd man out.
1: <laughs> he doesn't like anything, so. <laughs>
0: that's that's
1: surprising true. he liked XCOM last year.
0: Yeah. Nice game yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard not to like it. All right, Todd. Well, hey, thanks for coming to the lounge today. Um, for all you listeners out there, I'm sure we missed a game or two. Let us know. We're at ginlounge at gameindustry.com. You can email us. Um, we're also on Facebook, Pinterest, Google Plus, and Twitter. Uh, you can get to all those by going to gameindustry.com and clicking on all the little cool buttons on the side. So, uh, until next time, thanks a lot, Todd, for joining me. And uh get to writing some of those reviews, man. Yeah, I'm way behind. <laughs> All right, well, we'll get those covered and get those posted for everybody to to see um, a lot of the games, some of the games that we talked about today. So, all right, take care, everybody, and we'll see you right here next week at the Gin Lounge.